0: Let me tell you, and if a, a man can eat a toad with things I big that should be small, who can tell what magic spells will be doing for us? And I'm giving up my love to this world, only to be told I can see, I can breathe. No, I'm a will. will be.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ozone live from Koreatown. It is the Brothers Millers known as Omar, and my brother Terry, the icons, also known as the Swami, also known as the Atlanta Falcon Swami, ladies and gentlemen, the groovy guru, wow, so we got a lot of talk (laughs) about today, Uh, obviously this NFL playoff action that we're going to start with, want to go down under, mate, great going, mate, we're going to go down under and deal with the Australian Open, inside joke there, folks, sorry about that. Uh, we got a Super Bowl preview for you. I want to talk about some upsetting news in the world of Major League Baseball, about the Hall of Fame, and a couple young stars lost way too soon. Um, but let's just jump right on in it and get going on this NFL playoff situation. You want to talk about Julio getting the stretch? <laughs> Julio, get the stretch! Wow. Julio ran from Harlem to Jackson, Mississippi yesterday, all on one slant route. What wow. in the world was going on with the clinic that the Atlanta Falcons put on? I know Omar Dorsey, our, week, our last week's <laughs> guest, is somewhere smiling from Atlanta if his wife let him go because, man, oh, man, did they put in work. What is going on out there in Atlanta, Matt Ryan? I mean, you've been <laughs> A talking lot of about offense, firepower, firepower, and you know what? I th- I really think their defense is underrated, way underrated. Not that not that the Packers. I wasn't crazy for the Packers. We're on record. Neither one of us thought that the Packers should have beat the Cowboys. Neither one no. of us thought that the Packers were all world. But yeah. what they've done the past two weeks between Seattle. And uh, and the Packers has been, I mean... Very, very impressive. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. They got a bunch of youngsters just getting at it. They really do. Now, yesterday, Julio Jones put on a stone-cold clinic, but so did the whole Falcons team. Them dirty birds was out there doing it. It, it. Now, you've talked about their offense for a long time. I think the defense is better than expected, but... Uh, I mean, you got the sack leader, you got the NFL sack leader on your squad, and you still got Dwight Freeney being Dwight Freeney. It's not like, you know, he's some kind of buster. Well, he doesn't play every down either, so you don't have to worry about him. He's only in there in past situations where they can just let him go balls to the wall. I feel like they have a B version of Seattle's Legion of Boom. Which is not saying I'm not trying to disrespect them at all. It's just no. that, that Legion of Boom might be the best defense, you know, top, top five, of the, yeah, you, of you of know, the of all some time. Greatest of all time. Yeah. So, but I feel like they got a, they have a B plus version of that, maybe a B version of that. I don't know. But they have a bunch of youngsters that. out there that can really get at it. They have speed. They have speed. great speed on defense and offense. They got great speed on defense, which is very important. And the thing about that to me is is the the main thing that they have is that they're always playing from ahead. Yes. This is a serious problem. You talked about it a few weeks ago. And I really thought the Dallas Cowboys and and I thought the Dallas Cowboys would be able to to dismantle that formula we'll never know because the Dallas Cowboys are gone fishing (laughs) Uh, but one thing that I say I love that Atlanta commits to their identity Atlanta is saying look we got crazy offense and if we get the ball, we're getting some points somehow or another. We're getting a field goal. Most likely we're getting a touch. Most likely they're getting a the touch. They always get a the touch. They need a touch. <laughs> I need to get in there. And so, but, but they commit to that. I haven't seen them vary from that, and I haven't seen the team make them vary from that. I also like the fact that they continue to pour it on like they were in a college game. Right, and not only that, what they do do is that they don't get into third and long situations. So it's like third and 14, there's maybe third and four, third and six at the most usually, and then they convert. Not a lot of penalties, which is a big deal. Yeah, not a lot of turnovers either, although Matt Ryan tried last game. He tried two times. Yeah, Terrible situation on that snap. But, you know, this is what we're seeing here. Let's look at this. They put up ten in the first, fourteen in the second, thirteen in the third, and seven in the fourth. And you know, good and well, they could have put up another seven. And the, they didn't At even least. challenge. They didn't even challenge a call that yeah. was obviously a fumble <laughs> that they would have got the ball back on. Like I man, forget let it. Let them breathe. Even though that would have helped me in my DraftKings league. <laughs> I, I wish they would have done that. So then Tevin Coleman could have ran wild. But uh, maybe they just wanted more work for the defense. Who knows? But I mean, how are you going to stop this offensive juggernaut? Known as the Atlanta Falcons, I've maintained Headed by the one-headed monster Julio Jones. I mean, <laughs> he's like a, a five-headed monster. That dude is for ten thousand leagues under the sea. So deep, it's it's. He- Everybody talks about that crazy catch he made going over the middle, but they should have talked about the pass interference that happened because the guy hit him before he even caught the ball. I mean, tippy tippy rolls up and down the line. I was very impressed with his footwork. He dragged his foot. He got in his own late. <laughs> he He's the up the sideline. I mean, Julio the was out was there. Forget about it. I saw him frying some chicken <laughs> at the side of the, the, the vending machine. The dirty burgers. <laughs> and then he sold he sold three pieces <laughs> for about three forty nine. I was like, "Wow, Julio, man, you're all over the field." <laughs> yeah, dog. You know how it is. But uh, I mean, I'm I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't believe it. That was that was that was and and again. It's not that the Packers are the most impressive team in the tournament. Well, what was impressive is that the Packers were able to smoke and mirrors their way past the Cowboys, yes. past the Giants, yes. both teams which had them down and should have beat them. Yes. And I was on a thread with a bunch of my friends from college who were all Division I football players, and only one of them from the beginning saw that this game being lopsided for the Packers. I mean, uh, yeah, for the Packers, really. Lopsided as in there was an uphill battle. And it was a trip because – I just can't believe how people buy into the allure of certain guys. Well, I think the media has a lot to do that with that. You know, look at how they jumped ship on on Aaron Rodgers yesterday. You know, once he got down, they were they, everybody turned to the Matt Ryan, you know, bandwagon. I don't know about that because I feel like all across uh, America, people were watching the games and people were like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. And they continued that on the commentary. They didn't jump ship. They they, they the popped up Matty I mean, the game was already a 100-point spread in the fourth. Of course they're going to jump off. I'm talking about during the game. It was 24 nothing at halftime. The game was over. The game was over at 7 nothing. Real life. The game it was over at 7. The nothing. game was over. I told my friends I said this is about to be a blowout. They didn't believe me. I said, "Did Swami told me." Yeah, because what <laughs> thank you. <laughs> because <laughs> what happens is that they get the lead, then you go three and out or you don't get your points. They miss their field goal. First of all, that was huge. in the playoffs, you can't keep f- kicking field goals with the team to score in touchdowns. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You have to go for it on fourth and one and fourth and two. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. And we just saw that same thing happen in the other game. So recapping those games, I mean, the numbers are really, really silly in this, uh, in that Packer game. That Packer at Falcon game, 392 yards for for Matt Ryan. Yeah, Julio had 180. Julio needs 180 yards himself. That is silly. Let me ask you this. Did Julio? Man, he went. He got the stretch. He (laughs) went and did. But uh, I think that. It's going to be a different story against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I, I, I do because I've yet to see them get blown out in the big dance. I haven't seen it. They, they might not get blown some, out, but they're they, going to lose, and they're probably going to lose by more than a touchdown, and this is a problem I feel like with sports fans because we all buy into the fact that Tom Brady is not getting no After watching that first game, it looked like both Ben and Tom Brady were moving in slow motion. That, that game, that the Atlanta game was moving so fast. With, that game moved fast. <laughs> Aaron but Rogers, what, and that's the point. What Bill Belichick will do is figure out a way to slow that game down so that that game moves in slow motion, for which is it to his advantage. Now the problem that I saw, again, I have to give you credit, Mike Tomlin made no adjustments. The team seemed like they were not prepared because when they put up all the statistics of what Tom Brady's done to the Steelers throughout his career when they run a zone – they were ugly, and yet and they went out do? there and <laughs> he, they ran a zone. They ran a zone. And what did Tom Brady do? He destroyed them. He gave them to the Tom Brady. He gave them to the Chris Hogan. <laughs> he gave him the number 12. Give me, give me a Tom Brady, please. He gave him th- the ball to Chris Hogan, and, and they refused to guard him. How do you miss the guy that torches you the whole first half and then he comes out and he tortures you the whole second half? Forget about it. I don't even want to get torched in the first quarter by a guy who lines up and doesn't get touched By a guy who's a, who's a C-plus receiver, B-minus right. receiver. But he's lined up on the line of scrimmage. He releases and never is touched or guarded. And never. No no bump, no run. He's just out there alone. And he left it's the like line and like just waved his hand up like, whoa, can you believe it? Yeah, whoa, whoa. it's like they were <laughs> playing 10 on 11. Yeah. it was like wait a minute we don't have a guy out and here they or something. didn't chew anybody out nobody made the adjustments even after the second half in the second half nobody made adjustments they just kept rolling with it and they just kept getting the tar beat out of them let's hear what Mike Tomlin had to say after the game because I was pretty disappointed
2: you know I took my cap to those guys um, they're the champions of the AFC uh, and rightfully so you know um, not a lot when I way night uh, not only in terms of the final score but just how the game was played um, they're to be complimented for that. Uh, we didn't get the things done that we wanted to get done, really, um, on offense or on defense and on special teams in a consistent enough manner for it to be competitive and close And um, some of the uh, splash plays that, that you look for in those competitive and close games, things that we've done um, during the stretch run that we've had over the second half of the season, uh, just not enough positive things um, in terms of the style of play for those things to unfold. So, um, the result is the result. Be happy to address any questions you might have. I love you on Bell's condition. Can you, do any help? you know, um, he's got a groin injury. Um, he wasn't able to be effective and get back in the game for us. Um, so um, I don't have anything other than that. I mean, that's
1: Mike Tomlin, folks. That's him talking. He goes on for about five minutes, where I don't know if he reveals anything special. None of the Steelers seem like they really revealed anything in the post game that was. Right. He manned up, uh, yeah. Th- he owned it, which is always something that you have to admire because Mike Tomlin always owns it. Let's hear what longtime Patriots supporter Trucker Dave has to say. Big old, good morning. What's going on, Trucker Dave? Live on the O Zone. What's going on is a Super Bowl preview, and your Patriots performed. Uh, we just wanted to check in and get your take on these games where really disappointed I was at least that Mike Tomlin didn't seem to make any adjustments to his plan. He went out there and played exactly how he's always played, and the same result happened. Now, what do you see happen in that Patriots game yesterday?
0: I saw exactly what happened, exactly, exactly what you said. I mean, when he got down on the one-yard line and he didn't even go with a quarterback seat with Big Ben, first they go in the one-yard line and you get turned away. That's all you need to see, man. I said, that's game right there.
1: Wow, that's a good point. There was not enough aggressive play calling in general, and I don't know what makes you play a conservative game. You're never going to win a conservative game in Foxborough. Especially a playoff game. Uh, That's what I was about to say. In the regular season, you're not going to win a conservative game. You need a trick bag. You need everything. And you see, Bill Belichick goes to the trick bag. All the time. He goes to the flea flicker. He goes to whatever you need. He goes to uh, lining up a guy that's an out receiver in the slot. He goes to all sorts of different angles. Once again, it seemed like Bill Belichick knew his opponent's personnel better than his opponent knew his own personnel. And one thing that bounced their way was Le'Veon Bell got hurt because I do have to say at the beginning of the game, Le'Veon Bell was doing the the Pac-Man dance back there and he was moving the ball. He it
0: was. sure was that. You know what, It just, uh, once he went out, you could look at his face and look at the demeanor on his face, and he knew that he wasn't right. And that changed yeah. the
1: whole game And then you could look at the demeanor on everybody else's face and see that they just didn't believe. Even though D'Angelo Williams went out there and ran well, I felt like he was very Oh, he's a first very, running back. Yeah, now. yeah, and he was very effective. It just didn't have that allure that they needed. Like we have a whole team, there seemed to be a mental element to it. And we've talked about it here on the Ozone. Big Ben doesn't look like he's 100%. But what I will say, Big Ben put a lot of balls on the money, and Sammy Coates left his hands in El Segundo. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Sammy Coates' hands. I don't know what happened to any of the Steelers' hands except for Antonio Brown. Sammy Coates lost his hands, like, in the sixth week. Man, guys cannot catch the ball in the NFL. What is going on? Why do you think that the Patriots receivers can catch and so many other guys drop passes? Even in that, even in that Atlanta Falcons game, Trucker Dave, we saw the Falcons drop passes. It's just that their offense was so overwhelming, it didn't seem to matter.
0: Well, what happens with the uh, with the Falcons, they have so many different options, different weapons that they can use is just like you know, you're, you, there's so much pressure on you when you're playing the Falcons that every. I feel like almost every time you get the ball, you have to score. You, you have, have to, to score. And the, and the difference in New England to me is, in New England, it's like a football university, you know, and it just doesn't look like the other teams are as serious as they are about what they're doing. I'm sure they are, but they, it just doesn't seem like that, you know? Yeah. So when you go to New England, I mean, you gotta act like if if it were me, I if I you know, when they deferred, when Pittsburgh deferred and they kicked off, I right there kick it on try kick. I take my chances. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a
1: good you know, point.
0: We have everything good against us and what do we have to do to beat them. I told you before the game that was a bad matchup. I told you that. I said they're not gonna win, it's a bad matchup. They play zone defense, they don't get any pass rush and they're gonna sit back there and wait. For one of the best quarterbacks ever to make a mistake, get out of here, man!
1: That you can't wait. You got to apply pressure to Tom Brady, and you can see his feet are getting a little bit slower, uh, but his accuracy is as sharp as ever. Man, it that dude throws a pretty ball. I just, I, you know, I wonder about how do you go back there and allow guys to just totally and completely torch you? Guys that 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 are not necessarily a receivers are just out there running amok. You don't have Gronk. Not even touch. You don't even. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm amazed. Disturbed by that. <laughs> I am. I'll, I'll tell you something. I never thought I would say is that the Texans played the Patriots better than the Steelers did, because the, yeah. despite the final score, the Texans were in that game uh, deep into the game, like into the third quarter, and that Steelers game was pretty much over from the word go. But unfortunately, the Chiefs didn't make it because the Chiefs were the only team that could actually beat them. So now let's let's talk about Super Bowl matchups. It's very, very hard to bet against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. They're 4-2 in the Super Bowl. The guys left six Super Bowls, six Super Bowls with the lead. Tom Brady's left the field six times in the Super Bowl with a chance to get ringed up. That's unbelievable. Now, and he's played against some monster teams. Now, this this Atlanta Falcons team is a monster offense. I mean, I was talking to T yesterday, and he said, really – it's possibly the most complete offensive team that he's ever seen, and that could be true. Uh, but defense wins championships, and I think the Patriots' defense is underrated. I also think that it's ridiculous that they're the favorite. What do you? What's your take on that, Trucker Day?
0: Well, my take on it is Atlanta kind of reminds me of like when New England played Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. Um, they're not playing a team like Seattle. They played Philadelphia in the sense that Philadelphia put a lot of pressure on Tom Brady. And I think that can be a mistake um, like as far as if they're blitzing him because you got to remember Atlanta's going to be starting three rookies on defense against him. And even though Atlanta – what Atlanta did to Green Bay yesterday is this. They got speed on defense, and that made Aaron Rodgers get rid of the ball. Quicker right. Than, he only got Shaq twice. and he had to get rid of the ball quicker than he wanted to. Meaning that, you know, that's a the problem, is, And so he's this, way more you know, mobile than Tom
1: Brady. Yeah, and you can just put pressure. They actually sent an extra uh, blitzer, but you can put pressure on him with that front four.
0: You can put pressure on him with the front four. You got you got Dwight Greeny out there who's older, kind of like Harrison. Harrison looked like his youth last week, and then it looked like it caught up to him this week. But see, that's, I mean, the, that's
1: the tricky thing about age. And that's the taxing yeah. thing about not winning the home, home field advantage. It sure is.
0: Exactly. And just last week, Aaron Rodgers was considered the greatest quarterback in history. You're right. Now, he's just an average guy today, you know, who who ran out of his weapon. So, amazing how things change just one week in the NFL. And it's a lot harder in an NFC to get out of the AFC. So, the teams that really get out of the NFC are really, really tough teams, not taking anything away from the Patriots.
1: Wow. So, then what do you think happens? What's your prediction? Being a Patriots supporter, what do you think happens?
0: You know what? I really have to look at it right now. I mean, they have two weeks, and I see a big problem with the matchup with Julio Jones because who do you i mean—you can't put you can't put Malcolm Butler on Julio Jones. He's like five nine, so you have to probably put Eric Rowe, or you have to put Logan Ryan on him. Logan Ryan does pretty good against Demetrius Thomas, who's about the same size as um, Julio Jones, but he doesn't have the same athleticism as Julio Jones, so. If, if I really, I mean, in this matchup, if there was any time that a team could really beat New England, I think the Atlanta Falcons have a
1: legitimate chance. Yeah. They a, they, re, they remind me of that Ram team, of that greatest show on turf team. Mm. Uh, they they yeah. remind me a lot of that squad where Kurt Warner had guys putting up crazy numbers. Yeah. Except for that's yeah. that's like them with Marshall Falk, plus you add another Marshall Falk. Yeah, you have two running backs. This is a serious problem. That's serious business in the backfield. I mean, serious business. The way that they alternate them, they change the pace of the game with them. It matters what position that they're in, that they, how they use them. It's a problem. It's a serious problem.
0: It's a serious problem, and you're wondering, like, okay, are those that, that trade of Chandler Jones? This is a game where you need it. Is that <laughs> going to come back?
1: to And Jamie Collins.
0: Is, is Jamie Collins will that hurt you, or will you be, Will your greatness let you get by with that? You know, we got some other emphasis questions. And I'm sure the ratings are going to be through the roof. Ratings nope. going to be
1: through the roof. Anytime Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl, uh-huh. the ratings are, ah, go crazy. <laughs> the ratings are nuts. Yeah. But but I, I will say this is, if I was a Patriots fan, I would be nervous. Let's say that. Because I right. don't see, especially if yesterday's performance from Julio Jones was him not at 100%. Two weeks of world-class treatment for a world-class athlete is going to make them 100%. And I see it as it's all about whether or not Atlanta's young guys can respond under the lights. I have long since said that Matt Ryan is a choker. And I think that it's their Super Bowl to lose as opposed to New England's to win. And I believe that if those young guys, if the lights aren't too bright for those young guys, then sky's the limit. I mean, they can have a potential dynasty on their hands. They could. You add a well, couple what pieces what he, here and there defensively, yeah, so. man. You shore up the defense a little bit. They got a, one of those kids. They're going to mature. So once they mature, even more so, they're going to be even that much more tougher. Get you that monster linebacker is what you need to, to acquire. Yeah, yeah.
0: but look look at look at the matchup. Look at these two matchups. Okay, you have a problem with Julio Jones. So what does Bill Bennett usually do? He takes the fifth corner, then he puts the safety over the top. But the problem that he has in this game is he's got another physical receiver on the other side and Muhammad
1: exactly. that's and a, a
0: huge
1: problem and a speedster in the slot and Taylor Gabriel who likes to drop yeah. passes yeah he played too much he usually he doesn't the drop passes like that though that was uncharacteristic of him I don't know but I know right. I know that they got problems I know that much because you got you got five guys to throw the ball to it's a place right. problem it's a problem
0: it's not an issue a problem man it's not if they win this if the Patriots win this then they earned it that's what I'll say they're I'm taking, taking the Falcons. Me- I'm with you now. Let's let's
1: that opens up another bag there. If they win this Super Bowl, you have to consider Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time. I already and, do, and, and I about. hate to say that, but you do. It's hard to give him up I mean, to Joe Montana though. It is because
0: Joe never lost, but and I have to, you always have to take the era into effect. Okay, last week when Charlie went up to my uh, when Charlie went up to Brady. Ray Lewis came out, and Ray Lewis was so upset because Tom Brady wanted that penalty. Tom Brady later on in the week, when they asked him on on uh, in, in radio in Boston, if, you know why? You know we heard about Ray Lewis had something to say about you complaining about that. Ray Lewis said, "Come on, man, that's just football." And Tom Brady disappointed me, and he said, "I just wanted to make sure the rest were aware of that. Aware of what? It didn't hit you late." No, you know I
1: mean, Aware that he's Tom Brady. <laughs> Duh. Just like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers does. He does the same thing. These guys sit no, back man, there and to cry.
0: To when you say somebody is better than the best, you have to factor in the error. Joe Montana was going up against Lawrence Taylor.
1: The best ever. The guy that changed defense or- <laughs> in all of football. Yes.
0: It did not throw one interception in four Super Bowls. So I, think about on, that
1: man. Come on, man! It's ridiculous. I mean, this is hard. This is this is rarefied air here.
0: It's better than uh, Joe Montana Think about it before you. What you said? He beat John Elway. <laughs> he blew John Elway out. Blew them out. That game wasn't out.
1: even competitive. Yeah. You didn't even need to watch that game after halftime. Wow. So,
0: uh, you know, you have to re- really think about what you say. I Have to go, you guys. But um, nice talking to you. Chuckie Dave, great having you. What Be part safe. of
1: America you in? I'm in the good state of Georgia. He give, give. Give. All right, do. Uh, go get him, Dirty Bird. Thanks for calling <laughs> in. And I'll tell you who's getting the poop put in their face. It's Roger Godell. Oh, wow. How about them trolling Roger Goodell? Go, Godell, <laughs> Go, Go, Godel. <laughs> How about that? The whole stadium gave it to him. Good. Yeah, he's, he's, he doesn't seem like the best guy no. uh, as far as his, the way he handles things in the league. I mean, I'm mad at it him as a like Raiders fan. It does, and, and personal as per the owners' bidding. Yes, for whatever that secret clandestine thing is that they have in their interest. Because I tell you what, as a Raiders fan, we really could have used Alden Smith back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could have. <laughs> I tell you But they decided much. against it with no reason why. Just, just because, because. Just because I said so. Yeah, and you have to live with that. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. They need to get the CBA together because you got to get a guy like him. Take some of that power away from him. Yeah. And now Tom Brady begins to go try to stuff it down his throat. Yeah, <laughs> Deflate Gate, Deflate Gate. I'll be terrific. Man, this is gonna be a good one. This is gonna be a good one. You know what else is a good one? What is the Five Four Club? Did you know, fellas, that for sixty five dollars a month, you can receive a box of clothing that's worth more than two hundred dollars every single month? Think about it. Your wardrobe's gonna come together in such a short amount of time. Summer, spring, winter, and fall, folks. The Five Four Club is here for you. I'm wearing some 5'4 right now. My jeans are smooth. It's been raining like crazy in Los Angeles, and I'm happy the 5'4 Club's been taking care of me. They sent me a raincoat that I needed. Fantastic, folks. Go to 5'4Club.com. Put in promo code OMAR. Find yourself with a discount, ladies and gentlemen. How's your 5'4's clothing going lately? It's going awesome. Yeah? They gave me that rain jacket that I wore out there to the CES. It was really nice. You're awesome. It was stylish. <laughs> Wildish. <laughs> living it up in the city yeah. wow julio got the stretch i, I told you was gonna get the stretch you did <laughs> and all these fools talking about turf toe get out of here yeah okay get out of here Dude, julio takes uh, takes the fourth quarter off nowadays julio's giving you to michael jordan yeah he's giving you to scotty and mike right yeah, now he takes the f- towel over his head it's not even why, we, why are we even here why are we even here uh moving on into something that we love our favorite sport folks is a uh, major league baseball. And there's a sad loss, two sad losses in the baseball family this weekend. Two terrible, terribly tragic situations took place. Um, Kansas city Royals, Ace, your Ventura got in a car accident down in the Dominican Republic, his homeland. And uh, there's not many details out now, but we know that the young man was killed in the car crash. He was only 25 years old. Um, I mean, he was a monster. The kid had so much potential. So much potential, 100 miles an hour, just like it was nothing. I think they- – An electric arm. Oh, he, my That goodness. electric bullet coming out of his arm. He was like a he was like a prototype of Pedro Martinez. Yeah. Uh, with the bad attitude on the mound, yeah. which is personally how I like my pitchers. I don't need a nice pitcher. I like my guy's mean. Got to be mean. Yeah. Like Get under that chin. Mean. Little chin music. Uh-huh. Keep you straight. Keep uh-huh. you honest. Um, but it's, it's really unfortunate. We also lost uh, Andy Marte. I knew him most from the Cleveland Indians. Um He also passed away in a separate car crash, and it's always so so surprising when tragedy touches professional sports. Uh, We had a lot of it last year. 2016 was just a monster that I'd like to keep in the rearview mirror uh, when it comes to tragedy in general, but unbelievable... You wake up. And that was the first news that I saw. I, I saw it flash across on Bleacher Report that Jordano Dano Ventura. And I thought it was going to say something, you know, some young, silly stuff or something about because he was also a, seemed like a jokester. You would see those videos with him mm-hmm. and everything. I thought maybe he pranked uh, Hosmer or something like that. And it said he passed away in a car crash. Just really hurt my heart, man. Really, really hurt my heart. So many car accidents down there. Yeah, it seems like in all of the second to third world countries, the roads aren't together. You know, there's there's just a lot of situations that are variables, but everybody can understand because if it's where you're from, it's just where you're from, and you're going where you grew up. Now you've done well. I went down to the Dominican Republic for uh, Big Poppy's charity event where he actually has a, a charity that does brain surgeries on children that wouldn 't otherwise be done wow uh, because yeah, because the finances aren 't available, and he comes out there and he brings a bunch of celebrities and a bunch of other ball players out, and we raise a bunch of money and we give a bunch of money, we have a good time, and these kids end up getting well, well, you ride around on those country roads, and anything can happen, and you can tell when you 're out there when you feel it when you 're off of the reservation, if you will, when it comes to the uh you know the 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 tourist resorts and this that and the other mm. but um it's just unfortunate every single time it happens. It's, it's just such a great loss. You see these young guys passing away with the, the – really they got the world in the palm of their hands and anything could have been theirs. I mean, the guy already won a World Series and he really matured. 25 years old. 25 years old. He's played in two World Series. And I, I was very surprised because the year before when they hit that Grand Slam, I think it was Brandon Moss hit a Grand Slam off of him, the dead center field in Kaufman that was the go-ahead grand slam, and they brought him in to throw cheese, and Brandon Moss was, couldn't have been happier about it. Mm. And he, I think it was Brandon Moss that, that went deep on him. And I said right there, we were watching the game together, I said, oh, they just ruined this kid's career. And he bounced back. He bounced back and pitched well against the Giants in that World Series, and then he bounced back and he pitched well against in that whole run uh, for the dependent run and then the World Series run the year they won the World Series against the Mets. Now, Oscar Tavares was his friend as well, right? And and the game that he won, Oscar Tavares, for those of you who don't know, is another major league ball player who died in a tragic scenario last uh, uh, two years ago. I believe It was in a car accident, also in the Dominican, in October of 2015, if, I, if mm-hmm. memory serves me correct, because Yordano uh, Ventura started his World Series game with, uh, with an RIP and a tribute to Oscar Tavares, either on his cleats or on his hat or on both. In I think it was game four or five, and pitched one of the best games of his career. Sure did. I mean, he shut him down that day. He shut yeah. the Mets down. Seven, I think I he was went seven, seven, scoreless, seven one, scoreless. Yeah, he might have went seven scoreless. Williamson. Oh yeah, scoreless, scoreless. Uh, and then passed it over to to freaking Wade, <laughs> and <laughs> then passed it over to, <laughs> to no to Greg Holland back then. You remember they went? They used to, <laughs> they used to go. Uh, was it Joaquin Soria? Wasn't Soria? Yeah, was Soria? What's the other homie's name? It's Holland and Soria. It was Holland, Soria, and Miller, right? There's one other dude that we're missing right now, Herrera. That he handed over to Kelvin Herrera, and then Kelvin handed it over to Wade. Wade mm. handed it over to Greg Holland. Good job. And then they won the World Series, is what ended up happening. And it's just it's it's always it's always surprising, and it's always heartbreaking because you see all the potential. I mean, that kid could have become anything, you know. As he was already a somebody, but he could have become anything within the game and maturing as a young man. You see him maturing, you and know. As a player, he had unlimited potential. As a pitcher, unlimited potential. And Andy Marte got to do seven years—I think it was seven or eight years—of service in the majors. I mean, to make it to the major leagues from to get your to hit or pitch your way off of the island and make it to the major leagues is such an accomplishment that I think here in the states that we really don't appreciate. Because our version of the ghetto and poverty is different than third world versions of ghetto and poverty. Right. It serves the boxing community well, but not baseball in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And uh, and it, it's 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 such an accomplishment. I remember uh, I got to have a conversation with Pedro Martinez, and and you know to see him big poppy a lot of these guys what they're able to do with their family and friends and strangers and just their fellow countrymen to see what they're able to do when they quote make it and these guys go back and they do the right thing it you it makes you understand a lot better you know what this really means well beyond and it's an island (laughs) so everybody's pretty tight knit yeah well, and it's an island that on the other side of that island is the maybe one of the most impoverished nations in the entire world. Yes. And nobody talks about it, but the connection between the Dominican and Haiti is, you know, undeniable. Um, so just, uh, you know, appreciate your lives, folks. You never know what can happen day to day. It's a really unbelievable situation. Uh, what else to me is an unbelievable situation is is that Hall of Fame voting that took place last week. Oh, my goodness. They need to throw these writers out. Now, what, what is the criteria to get to vote for the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame? You have to be a writer for 10 years. I do believe in that stuff. Just about it. Well, if you talk and to my first grade teacher, I've been writing now for a good 30 years. <laughs> and a <I'm> not, baseball <laughs> writer. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. And But but for those of you who didn't see it, big, huge controversy because Jeff Bagwell and Yvonne Rodriguez got voted into the hall along with Tim Raines. But one of these three is not like the other and the one that's not like the other is Tim Raines because there's no cloud of uh, performance-enhancing drug use that right. over, over Tim Raines' uh, head uh, like there is of the other two guys. And Jose Canseco just went stone crazy, and I can understand why. Right. Not even to lobby himself to get in the hall, but to lobby other other juicers to get in the hall. What is the criteria? If you're going to keep the juices out, keep them out. You can't, what, do you have a favorite juicer? More or less. You know what's happened is that these writers seem like they make it personal. And it makes no sense totally whatsoever. I, I talked to an Ozone listener, uh, uh, Pastor Larry, an Ozone listener, mm-hmm. who, who said, he brought up a great point. He said, you know what? Tim Raines, on his first year on the ballot, Tim Raines got 24% of the vote. And now Tim Raines just made it into the hall. That was 15 years ago, dude. He's been on the ballot for 10 years. 10 years. Tim Raines has not gotten one more base hit. He's not gotten one more stolen base. Jeff Bagwell's been on there for seven. Now, what? What is? it's so personal, and why should I believe that these writers know more about the game than me or anybody else that I know that knows the game? Exactly. And you're talking about leaving off Trevor Hoffman and Vladimir Guerrero. What in the world is going on? And you Let's start with Trevor Hoffman, because we can go all day on, Vlad. What else can Trevor Hoffman do? Trevor Hoffman is the all-time saves leader. I saved all the games, dude. <laughs> what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? More than Mo. I saved more than Mo. Played in the World Series, I do believe. He did. Yeah, in they 98. Lost they, the they lost to the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. What do you want from Trevor Hoffman? And and like you said, he, he saved games two different ways, which is super impressive. Yes, he blew out his arm and he went to the changeup. He was a power pitcher mm-hmm. It was a traditional closer. Then he blew out his arm and continued to save games being a finesse pitcher. He he restructured his his game. He restructured his deal. (laughs) (laughs) And his collective bargaining agreement was great. And he served them. And it's just terrible for the writers to do this to these guys because it just turns into a pissing contest. Yeah, because the hall in and of itself is supposed to be sacred. Probably the most sacred in all of sports. The the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame is the hardest thing to get into in all sports. Yeah, but now it's tainted. You know, you're doing stuff like, you know, you're letting all the juices in and then you want to pick the juices that you can't or don't want to let in. I mean, if you're going to let... Um, Bagwell in and Rodriguez, you got to put Bonds in. Bonds should be the first juicer. You got to put in. Clemens in. Clemens, Roger Clemens won three hundred and fifty some odd games, dude. He needs to be. Now you're in. just saying because you didn't like the way that it's they you. That's me. all it comes yeah, down didn't, to. You to treat me right in the in the dugout area, and the this press is my get back And, to and now I'm going to give you some get back. It doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't. And then and then you and realistically, if that's the case, what's wrong with uh, what's wrong with Mark McGuire? If if we're gonna add juicers, just like Jose Canseco said. What's wrong with Mark McGuire? What's wrong with Sammy Sosa? So, Roger Clemens has been on uh, the ballot for five years, and so has Barry Bonds. And they keep talking about they're gaining momentum, and they should... So, what is it that some of the writers are dying out, and then the younger writers are going to vote them in? Maybe that's what it is, but I know that they need to take away this anonymous voting. I know that if you have a vote, your ballot should be broadcast, because the, you whoever the idiots were who didn't vote for Ken Griffey Jr., the two guys that didn't <laughs> vote for King Griffey Jr. They should be thrown out at they should immediately. Even, they should be thrown out of every Major League Baseball venue possible. Yeah, you shouldn't even, even be able to game. come back. Don't you can't I, even look at the game at home. You don't <laughs> even watch <laughs> the game on your phone. I don't want to hear nothing. I'm checking. I'm watching. I'm in you. So I, but these yeah. are the same guys who voted Mike Trout as the MVP this year. I mean, Yeah, on a losing team, on a, a team, losing team that didn't matter from the word go. Right. it was the most valuable player of a loser. There's just a lot of problems with the system, and I think that that we don't seem to understand how we lose credibility when we do it like this. You know right. you You lose credibility when Vladimir Guerrero, arguably the greatest Latin player in the history of baseball, statistically, maybe other than big Poppy, yeah. is is not in the hall on his first attempt, because you have the the hall entry. And then you have the upper echelon, which is first ballot. Exactly. Which is the Ozzie Smiths of the world. Which separates the Hall from the Hall. Which separates the Hall from the Hall. And certain guys should be in there. Yeah. Trevor Hoffman should be in there. Trevor Hoffman should be in there. Be in there. I'm not even a crazy Trevor Hoffman fan. Me neither. I feel like that needs to be stated. Yeah. I, I wasn't I'm a crazy a, Vlad fan. Yeah, I know this. <laughs> I know this. And Vlad, he's a five-two player. He played the game the right way. The once-in-a-generation guy. Yeah, once-in-a-generation guy, and nobody can justify not having him in the hall. How many leaders of statistical leaders, it's like the all-time average leader, all-time hit leader, all-time RBI leader, all-time home run leader, all-time blah, 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 are not in the hall? You think about it. You have Barry Bonds, not in the hall, all-time home run leader. Pete Rose, all-time hit leader. Trevor Hoffman, all-time saves leader. Come on, man. What are you doing, Hall of Fame? It's, it's a, credibility is an issue. It's an issue to me. And I really, realistically, I mean, I've maintained this. I have more of a problem with guys juicing than I do with Pete Rose betting that he's going to win a game. Because one thing I actually I believe him on, even though I know the betting on the games is unacceptable if you're in the league. But I do believe that he never... There's no evidence that he ever bet the Reds to lose. (laughs) That's saying something to me. He always bet on his squad. He believed. And he lost. (laughs) That's the thing. He lost a lot of money because he believed that they were going to win games they didn't win. Not like he turned into Donald Trump or nothing, right? Come on, man. Trust me. It's going to be great. We're going to win. Huge. Yeah, this is just a... It's a very disappointing thing, this Hall of Fame argument. I just don't understand any sort of logic other than it being personal. What else are they saying? And now, so oh, now you're not watching the games. And they say that some of the writers don't have to watch the games and they can still vote. Which absurd. Is, which is ridiculous. So now you're telling me that Jeff Bagwell is in the Hall alongside Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle. Yes, and that's Bob what I Gibson can tell you. That's what I can tell you. And Mr. Willie Horton. Yes. And, and Al Kaline. And- and Tim Raines and Tim Raines <laughs> yes. and Tim Ricky Henderson, Tim Rock Raines, Tim Rock Raines had a great career. If they were going to vote him in, they should have put him in in the first first ballot too. He had a great career. He had a great. Career. And if it wasn't for Ricky Henderson, Rock Raines would be much more appreciated yes. for what it was that he was doing. He yes. just happened to play in the same time. Yes, you know, as one of my favorite players to ever lace him up. Man, come on, man. This is disgusting. It's <laughs> a, it's a real problem. And I mean, and then I think Jack Morris fell off the ballot. Jack Morris isn't good for the Hall to even be considered to continue to vote. Arguably, the biggest big game pitcher in the history of Major League Baseball. You want to, I mean, you want a guy, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know much about baseball, you want to know about a dude in one game situation. In you know, a one game situation, I can't put anybody over Jack Morris if, I that I can think of in my head Close. that I watched. Yeah, maybe El Duque. <laughs> Del yeah. shut you down. <laughs> he shut you down in a big game But but he doesn't shut you down for 10 innings he shut Jack you Morris eight, shut nine, you down yeah. Jack yeah. Morris shut you down with a 10 inning yeah. shutout A dime Are you crazy? A dime A dime against a monster you offense You had to speak to him, right? I, I played celebrity softball with him I was I was like a little boy I was so happy he went deep <laughs> <Jack> <laughs> <laughs> He hit a bomb Forget about the pitching yeah. He's a big dude big dude he, what did he say about that he, he, he said about oh, that, I, about I, that game man, he said he said he said yeah that was a good one, that was a really <laughs> good one. got a deep voice real cool dude he said uh kind of reminds you of wayne in real really? life he looks, <laughs> he looks just like wayne like a big version of wayne come on but come on uh, but he's uh you know he actually uh, we had a great conversation about pitch counts where he talked about he saw nolan ryan throw 150 pitches uh in one game he saw nolan ryan throw something like 200 pitches in one game some game where he had I think he said he had 12 strikeouts and 16 walks and pitched nine (laughs) innings, something (laughs) crazy like that. So I guess he's he's not a fan of the pitch count. count. Uh, But, you know, Hall of Famers, get your act together. What's going on? What are you guys doing? I honestly don't feel like they care enough. It, I I agree, and um, I think part of that the comes from from the, from the actual numbers and statistics and the gameplay. And there needs to be another commission of some sort of players who vote you in. Yes, managers, players, uh, ex players, something. I need something. I need you to have played the game yes. on a high level. Yes. Because the you if you've never seen ninety five mile an hour fuzz, I actually can't trust your opinion on who's great and who's not. Right. And you if see, you haven't seen it in the batter's box yourself, and you see these guys who turned it around, and then now you're saying that they they're not eligible to be in the hall. Are you kidding, Barry Bonds? I'm not a, even a Barry Bonds fan. Well, neither am I. But Barry Bonds was going to the hall with it without the juice. I got newsflash yes. for you. Barry Bonds' numbers were silly he's in another, Pittsburgh. He's a four-two player. He's a four-two player. He was almost, he's like, only four and a half. Every, every blue <laughs> not, moon he would make you a nice throw. Yeah, but it was rare. But uh, rare. but but either way it goes, his four were so far above and beyond what the rest of the field was. Hit for average, hit for power. Come on, man! Crazy, crazy speed, crazy speed. When he got big, when he got on the juice, he couldn't run anymore. Yeah. Still had – still still could score for you, uh, you know – From second big from, man run. He could, yeah, he Give could score. Give you the Hulk Hogan run. He could sc- <laughs> Let's get out of here, brother. <laughs> he could score from first on a double still out there in, in San Francisco oh, in the big got, part of the oh, park. Oh, okay, in the big part. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. But, uh, yeah, very disappointing about the Hall. I, I don't know what they're doing. You know, it was not disappointing. Why? The sweet taste of Gorilla Life. Ladies and gentlemen, Gorilla Life is life in a bottle. It's a chlorophyll-based drink that has helped my health considerably. Go to GorillaLife.com and check out Gorilla Life. Three ingredients, folks. Water, chlorophyll, maybe agave. Get your life together. Purify your blood with Gorilla Life. Life in a bottle. Man, man, man. It's going down, down under right now, mate. What's going on there, mate? Good really? job, mate. <laughs>
0: yeah, good those,
1: job, mate. For those of you who don't know, we uh, we we're, we're referencing a movie we watched called Lion the other day. Fantastic movie that okay. isn't getting any press. Oh, not getting any press is one of the best films. of the year. One of the best year. films of the year, I would say. I, you know what I'm doing now? What? Hands down. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> Hands down. One of the I would say top five. Top five. It was it was a great film, and uh, it it, it uh, I don't know for some reason it's not getting much burn it's got Nicole Kidman it's got um what's my man's name Dev Patel is it uh, uh, not, not it, uh my man that name. that was the that was the star of Slumdog millionaire great uh, work though i mean he gave you great work kids gave you great work uh huh. it's got Rooney Mara in it of uh girl with a dragon tattoo frame, fame and also of law and order svu uh fame and with an episode titled fat i know because i was in it mm. and uh it was a really good movie you you want a movie go to check out guys go check out lion Really good film, deep film about family. Yeah, about watch it with the faith. family. Yeah, yeah it's a, about uh, just just life, man. How hard life is and overcoming obstacles. Got a lot of good movies this year. Really did. What are some of your favorite movies? A Lion was definitely one of the the top tier. Yeah, you know, reflecting on a lot of the films. Uh, Hella high water. Keller High Waters may be my favorite film of the year. I, I take I'll take Lion over I, I but oh, I but two on, different. You know I can't front on Birth of a Nation. Yeah, Birth, Birth of a Nation, of a Nation was, was fantastic, yeah, even though it got railroaded yeah, it and it all got that. Railroaded. that was, uh, it got caught in the shuffle of Hollywood and you know legal stuff and blah blah blah. I like for films to marinate after. And me the fact, too. I you know, like to so think can, about the film yeah. afterwards. You so, so you watch it and then you can't go to sleep. You think about well. I've been all thinking the about Lion yeah. ever since. it was a fantastic film. It really, really. You know, there is a film nobody's talking about called uh, "Hello, My Name Is Doris" with Sally Field. That was oh, fantastic. Oh, that movie is fantastic. No, there, nobody, nobody <laughs> watched it. I watched it in, uh, I it in. New York City, and that was a man. That was a great movie. It sort of reminds me of an old film, uh, Walter Mitty, little bit, right? Uh, with yeah, Danny, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's, she's always uh, she's uh-huh. always dreaming and this that, and the other. That's funny. Well, who else is always dreaming? Is uh, the 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 women of the Australian Open right now? Because Serena Williams is the, the top seed that's left. At number two, people are dropping like flies down there in Australia. The top seeds, and um, I think that Serena Williams is going to take it again this year. I think she's going to have to end up playing. In injury, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it's always that. But I think her sister's playing well. Venus is playing well right now. But as she well. had an injury recently as well, right? Her I mean, album. you know, both of them. I, I I was telling someone yesterday, really, the Williams sisters are considered senior citizens in the tennis world in comparison to what used to be. I mean, your tennis career used to be over like 26, 27 and they're 36, 35, or 37, something like that, and they're still balling. I mean, I, I they, they are so underappreciated as athletes, in my opinion. I think so, too. But one of the things that they've always done is take care of themselves. And win. Uh-huh, and win. <laughs> That's the other thing they yeah, always but, do. Yeah, but the conditioning, you know, was yeah. always above, yeah. above code. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think on uh,
0: – yeah,
1: I I don't know. I think on the on the men's side we're looking at – we had a major upset happen – uh, Andy Murray, the world number one, got upset, which opens the door to a lot of possibilities. Uh, Djokovic lost early, and so now I really wouldn't be surprised if Roger Federer wins another Australian Open. And he's way down in the rankings, you know, he, he had battled some injuries, some knee injury last year. And he's, uh, he just had a five-setter against Kay Nishikori, which is was a great match. What happened with your boy from France, Gaël Monfils? Oh la la Monfils, because se mon pote? I don't understand what's wrong with Gaël Monfils. I do understand what's wrong with him. Focus. Yes, that's all it is. He's the best athlete he on the tour. Can't focus, and he cannot. His his shot is always blurry. <laughs> I just don't understand. He needs to get a new a camera assistant because his focus is just out. Uh, he 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 lost to Rafael Nadal, which is not you know that's not something to scoff at because right. Rafael Nadal is legit. When he's not hurt, um, but this Monfils character, he just he never gets it together. I just don't understand. I don't understand why. It it seems like he's very satisfied with making it the way that he has. He has endorsements. I don't think he's ever won a major or anything like that. But he's he's recognizable in the tennis world. He stays within you know he floats around the top ten in the in the rankings. Yeah, I think. But the problem is that you know that he has the potential to be more than what he is at this point. He, he has is. the potential to be great. Yes. He really and has he the potential. It's like to be he's great. the only person that doesn't know that. Yeah. It, seriously. I don't know if people in his family aren't telling him or what. But uh I hope he pulls it together. And I actually hope Roger Federer wins this um, this Australian Open. It's gonna be tough because there's some youngsters out there that can go. Um, now the last thing I want to talk about is this awesome three-on-three league that Ice Cube has put together great, with Allen Iverson. Idea. Who else is it? Allen Iverson and who else is Gary Payton. GP, Allen Iverson, and, and Ice Cube founded it, right? I think so. I'm not positive. And it is a league. Let's get the name of the league up. It is a league basically for retired NBA players that you still want to watch play and obviously they still want to play uh, <laughs> and, and you got guys... It's a trip because you got guys getting it together. You have guys. Uh, oh, no. So Ice Cube is the one who founded it. It is Allen Iverson joined it. Um, that's very, very interesting. But, to, but you have guys that still want to play. I know I would still watch guys ball. Especially three-on-three. Three-on-three. It's like, it's like a video game almost. It's like NBA Jam a little I would love, love bit. to see a one-on-one, let alone a three-on-three. Mm-hmm. Al Harrington just signed up for it. You got Kenyon Martin, Jermaine O'Neal, Jason Williams, Allen Iverson, Al Harrington, Ricky Davis. I wonder if Cube is going to play. <laughs> I would I'm sure. yeah, 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 if I found the league. give me some. That's really sweet. I wonder how Can it's going to work out. you imagine Allen Iverson on the three-on-three? Three? It's a nightmare. I don't know, though, because see, Allen Iverson's beauty was that he – because of his size, he was able to space the floor. Three on three, the big fellas can clog things up, and you got a serious problem because they don't have to, you know. Yeah, but if he's still got the handles and the speed, he's a problem. Yeah, but if you're seven feet tall and you don't have to run up and down the court, you just stand under the right. rim, the little man has a problem. Yeah, but you know what? He's wet. He was. You don't think you got it? I don't know if the jumper's still wet. <laughs> I don't know what Allen Iverson's jumper looking like. It's I'm wet. Like, I got I to believe. You got to believe it. I'm I a know, I know three on three is, is going to be awesome to watch. Sign me up for season tickets because I've had season tickets to the Clippers this year, and it's been a total waste of money. Jeez Louise, the Clippers started off so promising. Told you. Yeah, and now uh, Chris Paul got hurt. His, his every ligament, is, is, is hurting his thumb. <laughs> is the same two every year. Who is it? It's Chris him, Paul. and Now and Blake, Blake Griffin, Griffin is coming back. It's like they. It's almost like they they time their injuries so that they just don't have to play with each other because they don't like each other that much. So right. it seems, and it's just come on, man, get it together. Warriors are out there balling. Warriors threw out. A, I think they're on seven in a row streak. Seven or eleven, something yeah. like that.
2: Yeah, uh, they seem like, like they blew blew out, together.
1: They blew out the Cavs. And the Last Cavs week. struggled yesterday mightily Again, a nice game Saturday against the, the Spurs. Uh, the Spurs. That was a great game. Yeah, Spurs came back and got them. And the Spurs, it's going to be tough to beat the Spurs. It's going to be really, really tough to beat Memphis. Yeah. Really, really tough. But Memphis never has what it takes to get over the top. We're going to see. I think that that might be a coaching situation as well. Well, they've changed coaches, though, a couple times. <laughs> I agreed when it was Lionel Hollins. Yeah. Yeah. But they just can't get over the hump. Gotta get over the hump. I always feel like you have to interject with a little spot of youth, and they don't I have agree. it. You know, and this is what I saw in the Spurs. Now the Spurs played without Tony Parker and Powell Gasol, and their youngsters stepped up and yeah, balled. But they have they're a great organization. Where Deontay Murray was his yeah. kid's name? Yeah, 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 Deontay yeah. Murray. He's nice. You got Patty Mills out there. You know, they got a lot of backup players that can go. But you, he gives them an opportunity to play and to develop. To develop, and they weren't scared. They and went straight with at a guy King like Danny Green. They went straight at yeah, 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 yeah. yeah guys that were. Could be suspect, and in other organizations, will probably be discarded, and then just be the journeyman in the league. Right? Uh, he'll he'll keep them and keep them and turn them into winners. I don't know how you do that, Danny Green, but he's doing it. Man, he's doing it. Wow. We well, got anything else you want to cover? That was it. I mean, that was pretty action packed. Action packed.
0: You're Live crazy
1: early. <laughs> You're the straight guy. You. You're crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to leave you with an easy one. The most important things in life aren't things. Enjoy your life, folks, but take advantage. Every moment is a real gift. This is Omar Miller from the Ozone, peacing you out. Ozone.
2: Here's a chance to dance our way Out of our constriction freaking up and down hang-up alleyway With the groove I only
0: got, we shall all be moved Ready or not, yeah,